tonight, the best loved, best watched videos of the year. It's January 1st, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you sensorious bug. everybody. We publish so many videos of the year and each one of them uh, we have high hopes for, but you never quite know in advance which ones are going to go viral or even super viral. So today's episode is a compilation of some of the most popular videos of 2023, compiled by our head of video, Efrain Oswaldo Flores Monsanto. And he's chosen videos that went super viral, typically a million views or more obviously our walking scrum with the CEO of the Pfizer president, Albert Bourla. I think that was our top viewed video of all time. I think between all platforms, it had more than 40 million views. So that's in there, but enjoy the rest of the show, our most watched videos of the year. Mr. Bourla, can I ask you, you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission. How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? Fast forward to today, the evacuation order has been lifted. We've already spoken to residents on the ground and many of them simply feel that there isn't much transparency here. My kids, um, we're just running in to grab something and then we're going back to grandma's house because they keep breaking out in rashes. Kids do? Yeah, so. So you kind of answered my next question. You don't, do you feel like it's safe here right now? I feel like we're not being told everything. I know something came out yesterday about them covering up contaminated soil when they rebuilt the railroad instead of pulling it out like they promised. So I define myself as a non-binary degenerate. I am a non-binary trans feminine person. Moi je suis une fière femme. Et bien ces gens-là aimeraient bien que j'enlève ma moustache. Pourquoi Ça fait partie de mon dent ce genre. Je pense c'est dans ton intérêt de partir malheureusement. Tu parles Allez Faites votre travail puis évitez de me filmer s'il vous plaît puis de prendre. Je suis dans le genre mes droits. 
On est au Canada, j'ai le droit de... Vous n'avez pas le droit de me toucher puis de me pousser. Mettez pas le micro comme ça proche de moi, respectez la distance aussi avec moi. J'ai une bonne distance avec vous, monsieur. Fait que vous êtes avisé, on vous demande d'aller plus loin. Pourquoi vous n'avez pas agi la première fois que je suis venue vous voir pour l'harcèlement que je subissais? Hey, écoutez, monsieur, je pense que je suis dans mon droit de vous poser des questions, hein? The reason I'm standing for today is um, definitely for Israel. I guess I know I'm not from there, and I guess you can see that I'm cultured from New Zealand, but spiritual Israel to my heart. Our people are known as warriors, and I think they know that we're not a bunch of pushovers. You got some big boys here. Um, they've got colorful, colorful backgrounds, um, and to be honest, yes, they, they're, you know, Bible believing. Christian believing, Jesus believing, but they're not scared to go toe to toe either. So I, I, they, I, I think they know that. You can't push us around. We have warrior blood. We're very hard to take down. And when we find a cause that we stand for, don't get in our way. Simple as that, and we'll protect those that need protecting. And we stand with the Jews all day. One of the reasons why the GDTI, the Gender Diversity Trans Inclusion Project, is so uh, important to me and I feel so attached to it uh, is not only because I'm a gay male, but uh, just in the past few months, uh, my previous niece has come out as non-binary. So I call her my previous niece because niece is no longer appropriate. So the two of us sort of put our heads together, did some research, and we came up with the word nibbling, which if you Google it, you, might, you may or may not find that it's... Uh, a non-binary uh, way to, to call your uh, niece or nephew. Did he really say nibbling? Isn't that a brand of licorice-like candy? Or maybe I'm thinking about canned corn from the Jolly Green Giant. Green Giant. You know, does it disturb you as much as it disturbs me that the Jolly Green Giant wears a dress? Uh, say, do you think the Jolly Green Giant is trans? But really, why is he always standing with his legs akimbo above the crops? Like, where does he relieve himself? And maybe that's why he's laughing all the time? Ugh, I think I'm not so keen about niblets or nibs or even nibblings anymore, truth be told. One quick observation I want to share with you folks in the audience is the massive corporate sponsorship of this entire Pride event here in Ottawa. All the big box stores, all the big corporations, whether it's Staples or Starbucks or Shoppers Drug Mart, TD Canada Trust, you name it. They're all doing the rainbow flag messaging. And maybe you can share with us, have there been things there that you really love, things you didn't like, things that occurred with these pride parades that you found maybe wrong, you, didn't, you weren't down with, you found to be excessive? What were the things that were the highlights? What were the most amazing parts? Maybe you can indulge us with that. Like just things that really stood out with you in terms of changes you observed and experienced across your years attending these pride parades. Well, I would certainly say there's nothing been excessive. Uh, I can understand how people will say that things have been excessive, but um, I mean, you, you see some of these people wandering around today and you would call that excessive, but it, you know, it, we don't think of that way anymore, right? And it's, I think it's wonderful. I think it's, it's wonderful to see, to see these younger people just expressing themselves. Last question, and thanks for your time, by the way. You said you're in, in charge of COVID for the, the meeting. That's a very big job. I understand that if someone's PCR test is positive, that their card 
stops giving them access to certain things. Is that true? That's correct. That, that feels a little ominous. It feels a little bit like the Chinese-style social credit system. It feels like a dark future of surveillance and, I don't know, it feels like a digital ID system that might be rolled out on a larger scale. Is that what it is? It's sort of a test bed here? Not really, because we have a human team behind it, and so we can always see in each individual case why it is. Have they had contact? Have they been positive for a longer period of time? Could it be a false positive test and so forth? So we really um, also integrate the, the epidemiology, the setting, uh, what kind of uh, contact they have had with COVID uh, in the past six weeks. And Has anyone been locked out? Has anyone got COVID and tested positive and had to be kept out? Yes, yes. Well, that's to keep the, the population, the general population safe. And we have a lot of elder people here as well, maybe polymorbid people that, uh, that really shouldn't be too close in contact with, with, uh, with viruses such as COVID-19. So I think it's a, it's, it's a quite a human um, and quite a pragmatic, but nevertheless as safe as possible strategy. Does that apply to the VVIPs too? Like, there's some very fancy people here. I just saw Prime Minister Tony Blair. Would he have to take that PCR test too? It applies to everyone. So even the speakers have to take PCR tests? Everyone has to take a test. The same test? Uh, that depends on whether they've had COVID or not in the past six weeks. Oh, so it's just six weeks? Uh, yes, if you've had COVID in the past six weeks, uh, the PCR test might be false positive. So we have to take that into consideration. And so we have then another test that we can provide in case. So Klaus Schwab himself could be deauthorized if he tests positive? That's correct. Wow. It's a very powerful control that you, you, you're perhaps one of the most powerful people here. I mean, you just are such a friendly face, I thought I'd say hi, but I think I've, I think I've met the power behind the throne. I think you're the boss. I'm a little terrified. I don't think so. I think that's a false judgment. No, it's, it's really a very humane operation and, and we really try to keep everyone safe. So it, it's not controlling, it, it, that's, it has nothing to do with that. So today you are here for protecting the cenotaph. So, so for our cenotaph, yeah. The police favor them, the left wing, we're just patriots. We're, we're good people. We're just here to remember, like I say, our fallen. The boys and brave girls that have fought for us and give us the liberty we live today. And that's it. The Patriot Group gathered along Whitehall Street to see the ceremony at the Cenotaph. There was a small scuffle when the police tried to stop the, some protesters from walking towards the Cenotaph. The crowd chanted, you're not English anymore and other Chen. Several people told us that the police treat English patriots much harsher than the pro-Gaza protesters. So, uh, do you see like a double standard with the police so far? Absolutely. You can look at German news, them battering the Palestinians for what they're doing. We, you're looking after me, have a cup of tea lads, have a cup of tea, have a sandwich. They never bought these fucking bats out to the Palestinians when they're fighting fireworks at them, did they? We're here to remember those that sacrifice their lives for this country to be like it is. And that's why we're here. We're here to remember the fallen. And, and what do you think about the pro-Palestine who have actually vandalized a senator? This is a country that allows people to come to this country like they do. And this is how disrespectful they are when they're in this country. We have allowed these people to come here with a, an open heart, and this is how they treat us. 
Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Eventually, I saw that Simpson was coming out of the front door, and that's when I ran forward to ask the following. Jessica? Jessica? Is your dog... It's just a question. This is press. Thank you very much. Is your dog a real service dog? Or just identifying... Go away. Well? Go, go away from me. Go, go, go. Back go, off. Go, go, Do you have anything to say go. to Mr. Funk's family? Go. Back off. Go. Back off. You know what Control your dog. Don't threaten me. Do you think he'll get a consequence for being so aggressive this time? Sheriff, I want your badge number. I know it, but I want you to show it that you allowed this woman to be nearly assaulted. Mr. Sapita, are you a sexual pervert? It has nothing to do with you. Why are you telling us to leave? Because you can't be doing, can't take filming here. We see, t look, there's people right there in the front row recording. Look at that woman in the corner. I don't see anybody recording. What are you talking about? There is a 50-year-old male that has invaded the change room and showers of 13-year-old girls. The 50-year-old man changing with 13-year-old girls. Do you have a record of sexual perversion? Protect me from these people. Protect us from what? It's quite a juxtaposition. The Savoy has been here, I'm gonna guess, for more than a century. This is part of Britain that's sort of like um, Broadway in New York City. There's musicals and plays and dramas and restaurants. It's a tourist mecca. It's a little bit like Times Square, a little bit like Broadway. And to have uh, these marchers chanting for Hamas and threatening boycotts it was quite terrifying. Uh, why are you away? I don't want you in it. They're not chanting for Hamas. Why? Are you against Hamas? Oh, uh, look, I'm not. Okay, get there. your hand off me, lady. No, no, no. They're not chanting. You are representing. You are changing a narrative by creating a reality that didn't take place. Are you against Hamas? Well, it doesn't matter what I am. You, you, it doesn't so you're not I'm against Hamas? Contesting you lying. What am I? I'm contesting you presenting a different view. Have you, I, I, you Would you like me to call Shame the police? You. You if you if you're going to assault us, I think we're going to call the police. So you are lying. You are the source of the problem because you're dehumanizing people. We just we were just standing here. Is she right? Are you okay? You're horrible. You should be arresting them. Why did you stand no, in the shot? Uh, sir, you cannot film her. Because obviously she's not giving permission to film. Well, I, I know the law about filming, and if you're at a public protest, you have no reasonable expectation of privacy. She's clearly distressed by her case. Yeah. Can I do what? Can you just be mindful of her Absolutely. Thanks, well, officer. Thank you Keep You're the right peace, there. gents. Keep the peace. Thanks, fellas. I do believe it is your right as a citizen to hold your elected officials to account. So that's why I started my own 
uncancelable petition that I promised you that if you signed, I would deliver it in person. So I jumped on a plane with my videographer, Kian Simone. We flew all the way to Ottawa from Alberta, him from Calgary, me from Edmonton to keep that promise to you. So we're headed to the school board meeting tonight. Let's see how it goes. Uh, hi there. Hi. How are you? Uh, we're great, thank you. Ms. kaplan Murray. Hi. You are going to read this rebel news. I just wanted no. to. No, don't run no. away. I'm no, you will back it. off. You will back off. I'm trying to back get... off right now. I'm trying you to get back a petition off. with H. You will back off. Teachers. You will back off. You will back off. No, you may not come in. You may not come in. You do not have permission to come in. That door is closed. You may not. Wow. Yeah. Can we have a security guard here? Yeah. Thank you. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. So, Heather, Heather, this gentleman's with CTV. Good guy. Hello. So, Good guy. Excuse me. So, CTV can go in? Why can CTV go in, but we can't? You said he was a good guy? What makes him good and us bad? You are, excuse me, you just did an interview with CTV, so you're not averse to speaking to the media. What is your job here at the Ottawa Carleton District School Board? I bet by your silence, you're a communications officer. Is there a reason why you won't speak to us? What do you want to talk about? Well, first of all, I want to know what you do here. If you work for well, wanted... the public, then surely you should be able to tell us what you do on behalf of the taxpayer or the parents of the Ottawa Carleton District School Board. Right, and so what did you want to talk about? Well, I wanted to deliver this petition. It's got 8,000 signatures on it. People mm -hmm. who disagree with the actions of Neely kaplan Murth, uh -huh. silencing parents in person, and then having two change.org petitions taken down. Right. And that's why I started my own petition, to right. give a voice to the parents yeah. that you will not provide. Right. Can so, I mean, you can, you, can, you can talk to her about that. I tried, but yeah. somebody slammed the door and called security as though I'm some sort of security risk. You don't think so. You're standing awfully close to me. I never feel threatened. No. Okay, then why is security there blocking my entry? You don't know? We'll have to talk to somebody at the board. I'm trying. <laughs> so that was crazy. Uh, she reacted uh, poorly. Almost like a wild-eyed, mask-obsessed TV doctor turned school board trustee who silences parents would act. Um, I'm glad security came because I feel like maybe, maybe we needed security to deal with her because she was pretty crazy, slamming doors, screaming at me. I think I'm pretty calm. I have the giggles <laughs> because that was really weird. No. No, absolutely not. Uh, if I'm going to talk to anybody, it's going to be on camera for sure. Hey, have no problem. Hey, Sandy. So they really don't want to talk to us, um, especially on camera. And all I want to do is put this petition in somebody's hands. But um, like they silenced parents before, they continue to silence parents. And I don't know what I can do to assure them that there's nothing, um, any sort of disease or contamination on this. I, maybe I could tell them that the people at Staples who printed this for me wore a mask. I don't know. But I just want to put this in their hands and nobody will take it. I'm going to keep trying. Though. Is there somebody that you can give this to? Is this a petition? If you could just put it on the front desk or something. Put you on. 
We have to ask our supervisor. Okay. I don't want to bother anybody. Everybody seems to be really agitated and upset today. And I'm worried that she'll take it out on the parents again. Hi. Hi. Are you recording? Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Um, I just want to give this to somebody so that they can put it on somebody's desk. These There's 8,000 signatures here okay. calling on Millie Kaplan Murth to resign or be fired because she obviously can't behave herself. She is not in the right emotional state to be a school board trustee. We're not trying to make trouble. We just want to give this to someone so that it can be delivered. Okay. Um, I don't want to go in. I'm worried that Nellie Kaplan Murth will take out her anger on the parents today. So. Okay, let me bring. Uh, okay. Yeah, I forgot to <laughs> this is crazy. It's just paper. Like it's 80 pages of paper. And there's some bistro patios on the sidewalk that are a hot dating scene. I mean, forget about Tinder, just go to Paris and sip coffee and have a croissant on a cafe. I mean, there's beautiful people, but there aren't, that's not the purpose of patios in at least the Muslim parts of Marseille. I mean, here's another woman wearing fairly short shorts, but uh, so it's not Sharia law or anything, but there is a clash of cultures and it is a divide. And I asked one gentleman, who's first in your heart, France or Algeria? And that's a tough one to answer. I mean, maybe there's a, a hint of a dual loyalty there. If someone were to say to me, Ezra, who's first in your heart, Israel or Canada? Well, I know the answer has to be Canada. And if that's not the case, I shouldn't live in Canada. Uh, you should love the country you're in, you're born in, that you're a citizen of. Dans votre cœur. Et vous, Algérie ou Français à première? Vive l'Algérie jusqu'à la mort. Tahiyel Jazayer. Tahiyel Jazayer, Tahiyel Jazayer. Mais monsieur, si vous nous dire je suis un Français numéro un, est-ce que vous êtes raciste? On n'est pas raciste. J'ai dit et je le répète, Tahiyel Jazayer, le monde appartient à tout le monde. Chaque être humain peut vivre là où il veut. Il n'y a pas, de, y a pas de, de, de problème sur ça. On vit là où on veut. La terre appartient au bon Dieu. Et nous, on appartient au bon Dieu. On vit là où on veut. Il n'y a pas de limite. C'est bon. I found a contradiction in one of the gentlemen because he said we're not treated with respect as Frenchmen, but we don't put France first. Do you see the distinction there? Do you see the contradiction there? Ben, franchement, tout ce qui se passe ici, c'est par rapport à l'État. Tout ça, c'est la faute des, des policiers, c'est la faute de l'État. Parce qu'il y a ici en France, il y a trop de racisme. Le racisme, il est au premier degré ici en France. C'est tout ce que j'ai à dire. C'est tout. Pourquoi millions de musulmans immigrés à France si France est raciste? Eh ben, ils nous ont colonisés 132 ans. Et là, c'est notre tour de venir ici pour, pour, pour euh, comment t'expliquer là, pour, euh, euh, je n'ai pas trouvé les mots. Ils nous ont colonisés 132 ans et maintenant on va les coloniser à vie jusqu'à la mort, jusqu'à la fin des temps. Je ne sais pas, ce sont des conversations très intéressantes. Chaque personne que j'ai parlé, 
said they're against violence and they condemn violence. Maybe the people who wouldn't condemn it wouldn't be talking to me and they're likely not going to be 45-year-old men, you know, at a cafe. Like I said before, the average age of those arrested for the riots was 17. I don't think a lot of 17-year-olds would talk to me. And um, I don't know. This is, a, this is a very interesting and troubling city. And I think how Marseille goes, so much of Europe goes, and maybe Canada and the United States go too. We do not serve Gondek. You serve us. I do not you serve you. us. You don't serve, serve us. The institution. You don't serve us. I serve ah, there you go. You police, you should be arresting Antifa. They're the ones that attacked him. What are you cowards doing arresting this guy? You, who are abusing their power, you're in a position, you're in a position of authority where you're supposed to respect us. Let me ask you this. Do you see any students here from Western Canada High School? Do you see any students from Western Canada High School? Because you're not Western Canada High School. No, actually, I'm on the sidewalk. Anybody here from Western Canada High School? I'm on the sidewalk. Any students here? So to make things clear, you're here in front of a school where you have nobody from this school participating with you. No, you don't know. That's weird. That's a weird thing to do. Weird thing to do. So these far left ideologues have this radical ideology that we're all performing our gender. I wouldn't have wore this shirt yesterday because I came a bit skeptical of Chris, but I got to meet him last night at a private function and I chatted with him for quite a while and you know, we're having these great conversations. But it goes so far beyond that. We're indoctrinating little children, we're confusing them, and uh, influencing them to make some dangerous decisions that will come back to bite them. Come talk to us. I'm a fellow Canadian. Punch connected right at the juncture where my face is, and the, the megaphone's being held. All right, okay. All right, so we've officially been backed into a corner of the library at the so-called peaceful Love is Love rally. Uh, the supporters of the event have told us not to antagonize. Back off. Back off. You are intimidating me. I don't feel safe. Some people have never experienced what we actually do. They're making judgments without having any information. The people are set to protest her event. People who Connie says have made threats, saying her presentation will sexualize or psychologically harm children. Sexualizing children is not what we're about. We're about to, we're about creating an all-inclusive space where everyone can be themselves.
have a pretty good feeling. What it boils down to is pretty much enslaving. And, and I'm consciously saying the word enslaving, enslaving all the people all around the world. There will be a few uh, privileged um, that do not have to eat bugs, that will still be able to fly, still own a car, and will still be allowed to leave the immediate area where they live in and not be, you know, subjected to a climate lockdown, which is what we're actually talking about right now, 15 minutes neighborhoods as a, as a, a word here. But uh, they are a part of, of some privileged, uh, but all of us here, every one of us, I mean included, we will be subjected to their rules, all in the name of saving the planet, you know. Yes, yes. Viene conmigo, vamos los dos, vamos oh, para allá, para el pleito. ¿Cuántos salen para allá? Ahí hablamos de mucho. Ahí está Romero, mi hermano. Mike. ¿Alguien? Gracias. Si estas personas no cualifican, se van a sentir. I couldn't tell you, ma'am. I just. I'm sorry, I'm not here to be interviewed by journalists. No, no, but I was just wondering because no, you. No, certainly not you. No. So we have a woman who came here to try to engage a conversation with the migrants to make sure if they are, if they know that the border is closed and if you're not qualified, you can be returned back to U.S. It's what she tried to ask them if they are aware of it, but it seems that nobody wants to talk to it. I'm Tamara Ugolini here with Rebel News in King City, just north of Toronto, at the constituency office for the Ontario Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce. We're here today to deliver a petition that has been launched by Rebel News at stopclassroomgrooming.com after we were tipped off that individual school boards were soliciting the gender identity and sexual orientation of young school-aged children. Those are minors up to including kindergarten children ages four and five. We have some questions based on the concerns of parents in regards to just how appropriate this line of questioning is, who determined that it was relevant to delivering education, and is this government going to investigate instances where school boards have gone rogue to solicit these sexualized questions from children? This is the same government that has been said to be delivering a world-class education system that helps prepare students for their jobs of tomorrow. But what does gender identity and sexual orientation have to do with that? As Lecce moves forward to bring legislative changes proposed through the Better Schools and Student Outcomes Act, we're here to ask on behalf of concerned parents that certain Ontario school boards have gone rogue with this ministry directive by soliciting these inappropriate and inherently sexual questions. So behind me, you can see this is Lecce's constituency office. We're going to head in and try to deliver this petition and perhaps even ask him a few questions. Stay tuned. 
Hi. Hello there. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm here to drop off uh, some documents to Minister Lecce. Would he be available today? Unfortunately, he's not here. He's at a Queen's Park. I can take that from you if you'd like, though. Oh, sure. And you'll ensure that he, yeah. he gets it? So this is a petition that we have launched asking Minister Lecce to investigate instances where school boards have solicited the gender identity and sexual orientation of minors. Do you know under his new proposed legislation if he has any plans to investigate this? I or? can't answer any of those questions. You came to his constituency office and those questions are better directed to the Ministry of Education. Okay. And to him directly or? Well, he's got, he's got his press secretary and you can direct those questions to them. Okay, but you'll make sure that that reaches his hands? I will make sure that this reaches their hands, yes. That's great. Thank you so much. I am not here to protest against anti-LGBTQ. That is not the reason why everybody is here today. What are your thoughts? Do you still agree that it's hateful to see them in person today? It should not be allowed. Hate, period, should not be allowed. That shit's on you. You know what? You want to be a fucking cunt? Be a fucking cunt. We've opened up a lane so people could leave safely. You want to be fucking rude? Go fuck yourself. I don't know why you're starting to swing again. Does it matter? It's funny. I thought they're promoting love. We don't hate gays, we don't hate trans, we just don't want indoctrination in our schools. When they are gathering for their tailgate party in the mall parking lot, we've got a couple of seasoned activists who are who've already said that they're willing to go over and, you know, take some pictures of license plates. What do you think about that? No space break! No hate. We came for a message. Our message is our rather rights for our children. That's all. Mr. Davis, Ash, why are you doing this? I'm David Menzies, Rebel no. News. Hi. No, you're not really uh, a part of this. We're human rights. What about the human rights human of biological rights. women being human injured by this rights. man? As a mother, why would you expose your uh, kids to because a misogyny? that is my partner. That, that is my wife that you are being. So he's a lesbian? It's not a sport. Or it's not, it's not an issue. I'm a registered social worker, sir, and I demand oh. human rights for everybody. Oh, okay. They just... Yeah, what's a biological female? How do you feel about a biological male playing in rugby now? Thank you! I don't really give a fuck. Everybody! Really? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what is a crime anymore. Mm. Well, sometimes we all ask ourselves that, right? <laughs> Let me now uh, do two things. I'm going to show you a little bit of my journey when we went shopping for the crowdfunding, I'm going to show you a little bit of that, just a little. I'm not going to show you that much. It was sort of fun to go with one of the volunteers and go shopping, and and I, I really felt useful. And then I'm going to leave you with a, a few interviews that Lincoln and Alexa did because they were here before me, and they were talking to people heart to heart about some of the terrible things that happened. Come back after those interviews, and then I have a word about the wildfires that are raging in Canada including in British Columbia. I'll talk about that after these words from Lincoln and Alexa.
gonna buy it all, right? is very minimal. I don't know anything about companies that are actually good or not. But you can take these, cut them up, and they, you just get them wet like normal hand soap, but it's shampoo. It says five in one, so you can probably use it on your body. I don't think they hurt. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, 
my husband started to yell, oh, we got to get out of here, we got to get out of here. So we just, like, we didn't have time to, we grabbed what we could grab, which wasn't much, and then we we got into our car, and, and then we had our neighbors from upstairs. We were the last two to get out of there. And then when we were trying to come out, the fire just dropped on the street, across the street. With all the traffic, we couldn't get out. So we said, oh, just go back and park the car and we'll just run, yeah? So our neighbors had already, like, get out of the car and run down the road. And what we did was I said, no, we're not running down because it looks like the fire is coming that way. Let's run this way to, to our apartments and up, up to Wainee and to that village. And that's where I was saved. I went, I don't know how many miles that is, but I ran as far as I can to the Coma village. And then the guy carried me and then after went back and brought the truck to pick us up. So he saved us, you know. Um, it was very unreal. It was one of those experiences where, like people say, oh, it was like a scene out of a movie. It was, but it was real life. Passing by a building that was completely on fire inside and starting to actually burn out from the inside. Um, you know, the smoke billowing through the, you know, having to duck and turn away from the wind so that we could actually catch a little bit of like air to breathe. All right, so at the time we're filming this right now, it's about just about 48 hours since we started HanukkahWaiRelief.com and we've just about hit our goal of $25,000. So Amber, how does this make you feel? We feel so loved and we feel, we feel the love coming in and we're really proud of what we've built and we're really happy that we get to continue building out the infrastructure that we have here to support the community because we're finding new portions of the community coming out and joining us with new needs that we didn't even know we had. So um, we're just delighted that we get to continue the work out here. What's your message to everybody that's donated? Thank you. Thank you so much for your donations, for embracing our family here, for supporting us. We've been also reading through the messages of prayers and thoughts um, and support coming in globally has been, um, it's been really touching because we are still kind of out of communication. We're really in the work that we're doing. So to take a moment and to read um, the messages that are coming in along with the donations, um, just keep our hearts full and, and really keep us going. Is there anything else you'd like to say uh, to the people watching? Yeah, we're learning that this is going to be a long-term project and we're not even halfway done yet. Um, the rebuilding and the support for our community is going to be months, if not years. Um, and we're hoping that at the end of this, we're finally getting permanent solutions in place. And it's not just crisis management that we're now taking a look at what the deeper needs are of the community and not just addressing the moment. So, thank you. Their reasoning is that they would have put on the sirens and then people would move up into the fire, okay? I call bullshit because we're not stupid, all right? If we would have been warned at two in the afternoon, we could have saved everything out of that apartment instead of just ourselves, mm -hmm. all right? And there wouldn't be all the death and the people jumping into the ocean on fire. All right, and the death toll is bullshit. What is it up to 110? I have friends who the day they saw more than 300 people in the fucking water. Okay, so they're not counting the bodies that sunk. All right. You you're not surprised that the siren sirens didn't go up? 
Definitely surprised. I mean, even, you know, on your phones, like, shouldn't there be, like, emergency alerts that come through? And, like, e like even if you don't have service, the satellites can directly beam in and, and, you know, give you an update, like, hey, here's the fire. But nothing happened, you know? So, so all of us as a community were, you know, confused. And it would have been awesome if we could even have some sort of help saying, hey, like, there's a fucking emergency right now. Like, get out. You know, like get get out of there. Like it's not just like, oh shoot, there's a fire. You know, there's fires everywhere in the world. But this is like when it's happening like this, it's like frick. Sound the alarms, get out of there. Better safe than sorry. Um, so yeah, there were no alarms, there were no alerts. And checked out the area, um, checking what was. It was easier to describe what was still standing rather than seeing what was down because everything for the most part was pretty much gone and wiped out, disappeared. And Aviyamini for Rebel News in Sterot, southern Israel, on the border of Israel and Gaza. I'm here tonight to catch up with one of the special forces police that was responsible for taking back this town from Hamas terrorists on October 7. Yeah. Tell us what the Assam is. It's a special police unit, and actually we react to different terroristic uh, um, events that happens, and that's our job. So did you react to the, to the attacks on uh, October 7? Correctly. Uh, on 6.30 in the morning, we got a message that we need to go quick as much as, as we can to Zderat, because we got uh, information about the invasion of many terrorists over there. And actually, when we started to drive to Zderot, uh, next to Yad Mordechai, uh, we got uh, shot two times by RPG, and uh, thanks God they missed us. Uh, after uh, some fire that we were uh, conducting over there, we started to move to Zderot because we got uh, information by the radio that uh, the uh, different po uh, policemen are asking for help because they tried to invade inside the police station. And actually we arrived over here, there were like around 20 terrorists running over this road. And we started to conduct fire with them. It was really hard. I saw one of them, he tried to shoot RPG on me and I shot him, I killed him. After that, we saw that two terrorists are moving across the road to the train station and we actually we started to run after them and they entered to bushes and who know how to fight it's very complicated uh, place to fight we started to search for the terrorists and after we searched for 20 40 seconds they surprised us from five meters they started to shoot us we were four two of my guys were uh, shot and it was only me and my commander and after like 30-40 seconds we managed to kill them and one of them he was playing dead and he threw a grenade over us it's uh, the after the explosion one of our guys who, who was already shot he got the grenade on him and the bushes started to burn and he started to scream that he is uh, burning so I ran into the fire and I took him back to us and we took our injured guys to the ambulance. We gave him the first aid and we continued to fight. 
So what were some of the scenes you saw here, especially when it came to civilians and, and in the aftermath of, of that attack or any attacks in the southern area? You know, uh, my grandmother, she is a Holocaust survivor and I never saw scenes like I saw on that uh, uh, 7th of October. She told me many things about dead people, you know, from the Holocaust there, that, uh, which uh, they cut their heads or something like this. And I saw it here. I saw many kids who were killed, burned, pregnant women who were killed and shot in the head. It was really, it was unhuman. It was something crazy. And you know, like, we, we are fighting, we are all fighters. And even if the son of someone from Hamas will go here, I will never touch him, you know, because he is a kid. And we will never try to do something to kids, because we are just defending our lands. But they invaded our land, and they killed our kids, they killed our women, they tried to rape them. It was something crazy.